week is uh, another two-part episode. In the first part of the episode, we interview Raven Mina, who joins us from Los Angeles, California. Raven got her start bartending in Riverside, California, while she was still in school. Raven originally worked as a server and barback, but once she was given the chance to become a bartender and create cocktails, she fell in love with the craft, and you can now find her working at Death & Co. in Los Angeles, as well as Native Sun. In the second part of this episode, the badass bartender Alyssa Dunn returns for another chat. Alyssa discusses her viral video success and how this led to a substantial increase in social media followers. Enjoy the show. Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Industry Podcast. I'm your host, Kip Saunders. This is the producer extraordinaire, Dan Soretto. What's happening? Well, I'm still awesome. No real complaints there. Well, that's, so. That must be great for you. Yeah, consistency is key, man. <laughs> and, uh, Things going with you. Uh, same old, same old. You know, yeah. just uh, living in the slightly post-COVID world of the service industry. So, yeah, yeah. fun times as always. And uh, we've done that traditional weather-wise smash cut to winter mm-hmm. from yep. uh, summer last week to this week. Yeah, it's great. So we yeah. got snow on the ground. Yeah, last week it was about twenty Celsius. Now <laughs> it's below zero. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got a lot of first world problems going on. Uh, I, just, I swear to God, I just got back from a trip out to Victoria, and I was like, "Why the fuck do I live in this city?" Then <laughs> I have not answered that question yet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh well. So, anyway, it is what it is. If you enjoying what we do here on the industry podcast, the best way that you can help us out is to subscribe, rate, and review the show. If you would like to be a guest or provide support for the industry podcast, you can do that on Instagram uh, DM at. The Industry Podcast, or you can email us directly, info at the industry club C-L-U-B. The artwork is done by the fantastic Zach Hanna, zachhanna.co. You should check out him for all of your graphic arts needs. He does an amazing job on our Instagram page. Mm-hmm. And how would one go about finding you at one of your bars in town? Uh, well, if you're in downtown Kitchener, then you're going to want to go to Sugar Run. It's a speakeasy and rum bar. You're going to have to check our Instagram page at Sugar Run Bar to find out what the password is. And then Uptown, Babylon Sisters Wine and Cocktail Lounge is open presently. And we have some amazing stuff coming up there as well. So check that out. That's Uptown Waterloo, Babylon Sisters Bar on Instagram. Perfect. And as always, I'll have links to everything we talked about in the show notes. So always check that for reference in case you're wondering what what it is. Well, enough about us. Let's get to our guest. Raven Mina is about to join us right now. Hi, (laughs) Hi, Raven. Hi, guys. I'm good. How are you doing? Pretty good. Thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Yeah. So you're coming to us from LA. Yeah. I'm guessing the weather's much better there. Yeah, I was just going to bring that up. I'm like, oh my god, I'm so sorry for you guys. You you, you guys are in Canada, right? Yeah, mm. correct. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. I don't know for how much longer, but yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> you guys got to go south for the winter, man. I know, but then we have to. Yeah, then there's the whole dumpster fire that is the U.S. political system right now. So oh, are, yeah, exactly. Political uh, good turmoil. Job. Good job on the midterms, though. Oh, yeah. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, like I said, if America is Budweiser, Canada is Bud Light. So we're not far That's off. That's true. It's oh, no. Right around the corner. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's talk a little bit. Of, well, we don't need to talk so much about weather and politics. There's about 5 yeah. million podcasts about those. Right. So let's talk about bartending. How did you first get into the service industry? You know, I was 21 years old. I was going to school to be a nurse. Oh, I'm wow. like... Yeah, I'm part Filipino. So my dad was always like, you have to be in the medical field. And I started waiting tables at this uh, quaint little craft cocktail spot in Riverside. And 
I just kind of like worked my way up and I became a bartender and I just stopped going to school and here I am now. <laughs> yeah. So you started off waiting tables and they, it was the one day they just kind of threw you behind the bar or you had been sort yeah. of trying to get there? You know, I found like an interest in it, you know, and we had a couple like bartenders that just like wanted to do other stuff. So they left the company and we needed bartenders really badly. So I, they threw me behind the bar. I was bar backing. I wanted to do it. And then also like, just like that time crunch of like, we need a bartender. Yeah. So I kind of like, I don't know. It was like a really like, what is it? Sink or swim moment. Right. But yeah, it worked out. I became, I was bartending there within that year. And I know sometimes like people bar back for like forever, you know? So it, I was really lucky to like be able to, to be promoted that quickly. Um, and they and they were already doing pretty high-end craft cocktail stuff there? Yeah. So yeah. Um, the bar that I worked for in Riverside, the guy who owns it, his family is like, they supply the produce for in, to In-N-Out. So they, they, they were already like a pretty oh. like, yeah, they were like a wealthy family. So he wanted to open up his own bar and restaurant. So he had already opened up a restaurant and then he was like, you know what? I want to open up a craft cocktail bar. He paid Death & Co like proprietors to come down and teach all of his bartenders and like hmm. all of his staff, like how to do everything. So he like had Death & Co like behind kind of like his business at first. So we were already doing like that level in Riverside or what we were trying trying to um, what was that what was the bar called so it's called w wolfskill w wolfskill okay yeah. and so that's kind of like if you're just like i can imagine you're just sort of being a bar back and then so often this is how it works that like you kind of end up at your job by accident because they just need yeah. somebody right away but it's kind of for not having any bartending experience before that and then getting thrown yeah. into that kind of level of service it's almost like drinking out of a fire hose Yeah, Yeah. my head wanted to explode with all the the stuff I was learning, you know, and then creating cocktails was also like, really wild that first year, you know, because they wanted us to get stuff on the menus. And I think we had like a 12 drink cocktail menu at the time. And I'm just like throwing everything like put the kitchen sink in and I'm like, does this work? And like, of course it didn't, but I figured it out by trial and error. So they worked out. But yeah, so I worked there for a while. I ended up working at like a nightclub bar down the street called The Lobby. And then from there, one of my good friends from W of Skill told me that there was an opening for specifically a female bartender at Death & Co. And, you know, Riverside is only like, I think like an hour away from LA or from the bar. So I was commuting from Riverside to LA for about six months or so just to uh, just to work at Death & Co. But I'm closer oh. now. I'm like 30, 30 minutes away. So it's uh, not that. How was, yeah. how was the traffic that for that hour drive? Oh, dude, it was pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> pretty bad. But, you know... It wasn't as bad as going the other way because, like, as uh, I was going into LA, everybody was coming out. So mm. there was and that. The, also, when you're coming home, it's like fucking two in the morning, right? <laughs> you yeah. Got so an I hour was like, drive home. Yeah. Yeah. Flying yeah. down the freeway, but yeah, yeah, there was nobody on it, which was nice. Like no traffic. So just time to listen to podcasts, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, so when you say they were specifically looking for a female bartender, why mm-hmm. was why was that? They had no other female bartenders. Like they were oh, all men. Huh. Yeah. So like they actually, the, the female bartender that they had had quit. So they were like, oh, well, we need to find another one. I just think that there needs, there need to be more, more women behind bars. You mm-hmm. know, I think that Death & Co. definitely needs to have another one. We're hiring right now. So I'm hoping that we'll hire another female bartender. We interviewed, this is a long time ago now, so I might fuck this up. But Alex Jump, yeah. who is the head bartender or was the head bartender at Death & Co. in Denver. Yeah. Um, 
And I think she was involved in some of the training for the original Death & Co. LA when we were surprised Denver opened before LA. Yeah. 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 So there's definitely female bartenders in the other locations. Yeah. But in LA, I'm like the only one, unfortunately. Still. Yeah. yeah how, to how this big, day. How big is the location? Like how many seats do you have? Or for how many people oh, can you get man. in, I should say? Off the top of my head, I couldn't even tell you. We do have two different rooms. So we have like a standing room, like a receiving room where you can go in and just like your normal bar you can like order just stand around and wait for your seats in the other mm-hmm. bar which the other bar is reserved seating only like you have to sit in your seat you can't stand in the aisle way like uh, there's no standing okay. allowed yeah so i would say like in the main bar oh god i'm so bad at like numbers i don't know like maybe like 100 people something like that and how did you but, find now so when you i mean i guess you got thrown to the fire a little bit at the first bar how did you find it when you went to Death & Co. LA? Like, was it was the transition easier because they had sort of used Death & Co. for the previous bar as well? Yeah, definitely. So, like, going going to, like, Wolfskill to Death & Co. was definitely... I mean, there was some adjustment because things were a little bit more strict, like, that we had been leaning on. But other than that, it was, it was pretty seamless. Like, I jumped behind the bar and there was just a few things that they, like, had me correct. And also it's super dark in there. So everything yeah. is just lit by candlelight. And you I'm literally like holding the jigger so close to my like face, just just poor. But um <laughs> well, yeah, so that ex- was that's my kind of bar. <laughs> yeah. I always say was- that, that when I build my bars, I want it to look be so dark in there that you don't know what your Tinder date looks like till you wake up yeah. the next morning. <laughs> that's us. Like, that's exactly it. But yeah, so it, it does make it like a little bit challenging when you're behind the stick. But but yeah, the adjustment wasn't bad at all. Yeah. Backing up a little bit, when you were at Wilshire's, Wilshire's, am I saying that right? Uh, Wolfskill. Not even close. Like a, Wolfskill. You know, like <laughs> a W or William Wolfskill. So he was a citrus proprietor back in like the early 1800s in the Riverside County area in oh, okay. uh, Los Angeles. So that's what we named him, named the bar after. And so you said that you were involved in some of the cocktail creation there, cocktail design for the menu. Yeah. How, like, Having a pretty much zero bartending experience before you jumped into that situation, how did you find that process? Like out of nowhere, you're involved in menu creation. Oh man, you know I'm. I like to think of myself as a very like creative person. So it was a really cool outlet. It was a lot of fun. The mentor that I had there, like uh, he kind of like gave us like you know just a way to structure everything. He like he broke it down in like a circle. He was like, okay, this is like your base. This is like your your flavor. This is what you want to achieve, right? So what complements this flavor that you're trying to achieve? Like, is it going to be rum, vodka, gin? Like what bolsters that flavor? So he kind of like really helped us narrow it down because it was me and I think a, a couple other people that got promoted relatively quickly. But he he gave us like some worksheets and he was like, write down in your head, like the specs for your cocktails, bring them to me. And before we even create anything, like, I'll tell you if it makes sense. Right. And, uh, you know, like, like when you're creating cocktails, like usually you can imagine how it's going to balance out before you even make it. Like once you get to that level, but mm-hmm. yeah, like I was definitely just throwing some stuff into the fire and it wasn't working right. out at first. At the beginning, like you're right as your palate develops. And and I always say like cocktail creation is, is like playing tennis, right? You got to keep doing yeah. it every day or you're going to lose it a little bit, right? Like you, Right. So when you're at the beginning, it's like, well, I don't know. It sounds like, you know, peanut butter and lemon juice would go together great. I've, I've never <laughs> right. seen anyone else do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for and, sure. Yeah. I wonder why. Yeah. 
but then as you get better at it like that sort of what goes together in the drink becomes more natural to you right it does yeah it's like like you don't even have to worry about it but it it is funny how that develops because it is at the beginning it's kind of like well I don't, I don't know why no one's tried this combination before. And then you yeah, and then you a, find out. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason yeah. why certain combinations are being used over and over and over again, right? Yeah, I remember like the first time I used Butterfly PT, I was like, oh, cool. It'll be like, you know, it, it's purple. It looks like it's going to be sweet. No, that shit's vegetable as fuck. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, this is not what I thought it was. But like the color was nice, you know? So yeah. It was like all the craze back then. Where do you think this is going now? Like based on just what we just finished talking about, like how there's only certain there's only a certain number of flavor combinations that are actually going to go together well in a cocktail. And I got to figure we're maxing out on how we've used them all. I think about that all the time. Like there's no originality left. Right. Mm -hmm. Or like what? Or whoever can think of like, what's the next best thing? Like, I don't know, like like we're coming up with stuff like the flavor blaster now, you know, things that are like gonna like elevate our cocktails like have you are you familiar with parks and recreation the show yeah, yeah. so they they go to this bar in there and there's like a they like start selling stuff like vodka in the form of a vapor like i <laughs> i i have to wonder if that's what's next like is it gonna be like like a patch that we throw on our skin that has like alcohol in it or something it's or just like, like a listerine a, strip yeah. Yeah. The essence of a cocktail. It's like, well, that, right. it's like, well, I feel a little bit drunk, but I tasted nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I, I, I can't help but wonder if that's where we're going. And um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. But I think that what we're doing now is what we can. I think we've, I don't know. I hate to say that. I think we've kind of exhausted most of the avenues. I know. But, um, and like, you got to assume something else is coming, coming molecularly or something, right? That yeah. we can do something with. But at this Definitely. point, and I think my theory is this, that the combination of the fact that we're running out of flavor combinations that haven't been previously attempted and the pandemic where everybody who started doing co- cocktails on Instagram has yeah. changed the game. So now it's all about presentation and much less about what how, what how the drink actually tastes right definitely it's more yeah more aesthetic we're doing like like glassware glassware is like taken on a whole new level mm-hmm. i've seen like little bathtubs like people put cocktails in like little tiny bathtubs <laughs> and they put like little rubber duckies in it and i'm like all right cool like Presentation I mean, just, is everything. We just put a bunch of beers in a big bathtub, so I guess. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Gin, gin in the bathtub. Yeah, yeah. You know? But, but yeah, yeah, like it's even like, did you have you watched that show Drink Masters on Netflix? I, I haven't. No. Okay, so it just came out. We just found out about it. I've been we've been talking about it a lot lately. But uh, it's basically a America's Top Chef for bartenders. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. It's it actually is cool to watch, and it's like yeah. I I'm not a reality show guy, so I had never really watched it something all the way through and it totally they do all the thing where they play with your emotions train the whole oh, thing so yeah. you get you get hooked very easily but do they have um, like a dave navarro guy come in like you know like on ink master you know what i'm talking about no i don't but they no. have like a oh, guy okay. like a, like an expert come in and judge yeah, yeah 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 yes yeah. they do yeah um okay, cool but like what i found about it was like as that's are going through the competition like so much of it was based on the look of the drink instead of like how um, like and, and they would they, yeah they're all trying them and they're just like oh yeah well it's very balanced or whatever i'm like yeah i'm sure these are some of the best bartenders in the world i'm sure they know how to make balanced cocktails but right that, but it was very presentation forward now and again it's a tv show so i guess they need that but 
Like it, it just seems like the trend that we're heading towards more and more. Okay. Yeah, I agree. But yeah. So what's the next aesthetic thing? Like how, you know, like exactly. if we can figure it out and pinpoint it, maybe we can sell it to like Jeffrey Bezos or something. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So when you're, are you involved in uh, like the development of the, like how, how is Death & Co LA as a, po- like as a bar when there comes to like menu development is everybody involved or is there like yeah. four more head bartenders that handle it i also want to say like death and co coolest bar i've ever worked at like i've only okay. worked at like this is like the third fourth bar i worked at but like everything is so organized dude the walk-in like you go in there and like everything is labeled and like lined up we have like these spouts that pour out for our batches it's beautiful but yes to answer your question yeah so everybody every bartender is included in the in the menu making process for cocktails i remember i first started there last year in july and i had a cocktail on the menu for the winter that year um they're very inclusive for like all their bartenders like off the bat, they want you to create something. We try to like get it going like three months in advance. We're actually changing our menu tomorrow. Oh, so wow. we just, yeah, we just finished that for uh, for winter. We get everything going three months in advance. We have like a Evernote, like we have a wireframe. We try to get everybody's ideas and throw them all together. And we have like a 30, 40 drink cocktail menu. It's very extensive. So we want to make sure that everything is... Um, we have every cocktail represented, you know, on that on that menu. We we're gonna flip it. Everybody's involved, um, and we all like kind of get together in a meeting, and we have the lead bartender and the general manager come together, and they taste our cocktails and they give us notes and they adjust it how they see fit. Yeah, like, I, we were talking about this the other day. I really like that collaborative approach to cocktail creation because everybody does have different palates, right? So something that tastes yeah. good to somebody else might taste shitty to somebody to its a different person but you're gonna get all kinds of palettes coming into the bar right yeah definitely and we do it's it's so funny like some people will just hate one drink and love the other but yeah like it's taste is very subjective uh like from a scientific standpoint you know some people think cilantro tastes like soap Mm -hmm. versus like some people think it tastes like something else you know so just with that being a basis for anything like of course we're going to have people that don't like certain things the cocktail creation at death and co is really fun and it's very it's very like a clean cut you know what i mean like we don't really do like that whole like aesthetic like like trying to fit things in weird glassware we do everything very traditionally is what i'm trying to say like every yeah you know what i mean like we don't try to be like too crazy with our garnishes as well like we want like the flavors to like stand out i would say like the most so like a a certain like a stir drink that's like akin to a Manhattan or an old fashioned or something is going to go in like that classic kind of glass every time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. We don't really Love have, that. yeah. Yeah. We yeah. don't really have like any, any bathtub little stuff, but you know, maybe one day we'll see. Maybe we have to like, keep day. up with everybody else, you know, to get like a so. little stall shower. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> something. Yeah. Better than a cocktail glass shaped like a toilet, I'm guessing. Right. I've seen those, man. They exist. Oh, they really? Exist. Yeah, and there's like one with like a bird, but then the straw comes out of its butt, and it's like, oh, God, why do I want to drink with the asshole of a bird? Yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. Who's making these up? I feel like that yeah. affects your palate. You're just already prepared for something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you you drink with your eyes first, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so talk to us about this other bar you're working at as well. Yeah. Okay. So Native Sun, they're great. So the company started in Santa Ana, I believe, and they opened up another location in Rancho and we just opened up an LA one and I'm a part of that. 
I worked at the Rancho One for a while. My my mentor from W Wolfskill from Riverside, he is the lead bartender at Native Sun. Oh, and that's nice. how I found. Yeah, so it's like all connected. That's how I found out about it. And they're they're a great company. Everybody who works there is just so cool. Like their hiring process is really fun. So when I applied to work there, the owner himself comes down and he like sits in with the interview and they go around and they're like, I want you to draw a picture of your favorite cocktail. And you you basically you get a Sharpie and a paper and you just draw whatever you know your favorite cocktail is at the moment. You go around and you talk about it. And just from that, they can tell like, okay, like, does this person know what they're talking about? Are they putting like chocolate in a mojito and like oh and some other pickle juice or something, you know what I mean? Mm. At the same time. So they they really hone in on on like the bartending aspect in that way. And then they ask you to act out a scene. Yeah. Which is very, yeah. Yeah. So he was like, okay, we're going to have a scene and we're going to have you act it out. And then afterwards he explains that, you know, in the service industry, you kind of have to do a little acting, you know, because if mm-hmm. you come in, you know, you're in a bad mood, you have to put on your, like that face and you have to, everything, you have to pretend that everything's fine to serve all the guests. You don't want to be a Debbie Downer, you know, on your shit. But no, um, yeah, that's good. And like, you're, it's like, I would say it's, it's like probably 80% acting at the end of the day, especially yeah. when you're busy, right? Like, so 100%. that's actually a good way of going about it. Cause then you're, you're at least ensuring that somebody knows how to fake it if they need to. And yeah, because it's one of my biggest issues at my bars all the time is coming in and finding the staff in a bad mood and you can it's, see it uh, all yeah. over their face and, and it affects or, the whole team. It does. And, or, or if they're like stressed out cause they're in the weeds, right? Like exactly. Yeah. 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 We're all um, guilty of it every now and then, you know. Oh, I was but, the worst. It's just easier for me to say now that I'm on the ownership side. Yeah. <laughs> I can complain about it more, but I was brutal yeah. for it when I was actually bartending. So yeah. So how do you find time to work at two bars? Like is it hard to schedule around or is it just so the great thing about Death and Co., they they have a set schedule. So you uh, always know. Yeah. So it's my scheduled at Death and Co. right now. I'm working three days a week. It's Monday, Wednesday, Saturday in stone, unless like, you know, I want to swap a ship with somebody or something. Mm-hmm. I pick up shifts like here and there from there. And then at Native Sun, that's like the the little bit more random one now. So I just kind of block off my availability for the three days I work at Death and Co. And I just let them have rain on like whatever other days they want. As of right now, since we just opened, I am having like one day off a week, which kind of sucks. But it'll work out, you know. Right. I just got a, a new car. So I have to like pay that off with the car payment now. I think so, one day off a week is just good for your mental health, Raven. It's all right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The car, the car will get paid off. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, speaking of the one day off, one part of your bio, you mentioned you played Dungeons and Dragons. How do you cram? <laughs> let's talk a bit about that. How do you cram okay, that yeah. into your schedule? <laughs> All right. So, like, I always like that's like my number one, right? Like, I'm like, okay, I have to have Thursday nights off. So, uh, like, in my availability, so I don't work Thursday nights at Death and Co. I don't think I've ever covered a Thursday night there. Like if anybody asked me, like, I'm like, oh man, I'm sorry. I got plans. You know, they don't know for what, but, um, <laughs> you know, they but, might um, know. <laughs> yeah, they, they might know, but, um, but yeah. And then like, uh, at native, I just like put my availability that I'll, I'm wearing, willing to work the lunch shift. And then I, I just can't work nights anymore, you know, on Thursday night. So I, I have Thursday nights off just for Dungeons and Dragons. And then I have Sunday nights usually off like the whole day or day and night. Okay. So like I'm old. So when I I played Dungeons and Dragons when I was like a kid and it was was like a bunch of dudes, very nerdy guys sitting around in a circle 
yeah in their parents basement so but are you playing it online or do you get together with people yeah okay so uh, when we started playing it was in 2020 during the pandemic and we're on lockdown Mm -hmm. so it Uh, it gave us like a way to pass the time you know something to look forward to every week so we started then and we were doing it one night a week then and we started online uh there was this site called astral tabletop which no longer exists they just shut it down like a few months ago which sucks so we were using that and we just moved over to another site called foundry so we're using that online and then you can have your like dnd sheets online as well um mm. for your players so yeah so we're we, we're all online we'll we'll do like a discord call and we don't do the face-to-face thing like how we're doing right now for right. Uh, Zoom. we just have the audio on and we just like all get together in the chat room and then we just we play and we have a map online which is really cool so you can see your character moving on the map right oh, okay yeah. and, these, and, you, and these are these people you knew but previously or just met them through doing this so actually i met so the old the old dungeon master we had he was in the back of house at wolf skill in riverside as we talked mm-hmm. about earlier everything like everything's all connected yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, so I met him because he was one of the chefs in the back of house. And he was like, oh, hey, and we're all nerds, you know. Yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah, I'm starting this new D&D campaign. And like, do you want to be in it? I'm looking for people. I'm, I've never D&D or DM'd before. And uh, I was like, yeah, fuck it, man. I've always wanted to play since I was in high school. But I never had like enough friends or anybody who was interested to play. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hell yeah, dude. So um, like, you know, we talked about it. But it wasn't until like the pandemic that we were actually able to do it. And it was mostly just... So he picked me up and then he had his best friend join and like one of his friends that he met on Xbox that lives in Florida and uh, and another friend that he had from high school. So it was mostly like it was just me and a bunch of dudes that I right. like, that I, mm-hmm. I only knew one of them. But it, it ended up being really fun. And, you know, like we actually just our old DM, we actually like he's out of the group now. just a bunch of drama. And uh, we have. <laughs> yeah, no, there's D&D drama, dude. But, uh, you know, (laughs) but uh, yeah, so we brought in this other cool chick that I met because she's like, she was like one of our chef's girlfriends who plays. And so she, we brought her in and it's been fun ever since. Like, it's been really cool. Mm. It's a, it's a cool thing to do like once a week and uh, to get away from everything, you know. Uh, Nice. How long do the sessions last online? Oh man. Like, so we'll, we try to start around like 930 and we'll go usually until like 1am or 1.30 in the morning. Really oh, sure. Wow. Yeah, so yeah. it's a while. Well, it's true. I've never had a short D&D game when I did play. But... No, they're never yeah. short. Yeah. yeah. But it is very easy to get caught up in them, right? Yeah. So that's the other yeah. thing, too. Like, the time flies, kind of. Um, it does. And you kind of, sometimes, you don't want it to end. You're like, oh, man, is it already one thirty? Dang, are you sure you can't go a little longer? And, you know, I'm a bartender, so I'm used to being up that late. Sure, but yeah. But everybody else lives, like, these normal 9 to 5s, and they're, like, falling asleep and shit. I'm like, all right. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so when you're like develop, we'll we'll move back into bartending now. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, like what 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 would you say the philosophy for Death and Co is for cocktail menu creation? Because I always like to ask our guests this about like yeah. what like what what is the most important thing that goes into making the perfect cocktail list? Ooh, like I really I think that they like to have everything represented. So we have. On our menu, we have about four different pages. And on each page, I think we have about like eight cocktails or so. So on each page, like on the first one, it's like fresh and lively, which is like at the beginning of the menu, it's going to be very light cocktails, like sours and stuff like that, you know, refreshing stuff. And then as you progress to the back, it gets stronger. 
So like, uh, like we'll have like all of our really strong drinks in the back, like uh, old fashions, like Manhattans, like stuff that's going to be more like assertive and it's like boozy flavor. But yeah, we just, we want to make sure like that on each page, there's like a diversity of not only like flavors, but of different spirits. There's something for everybody. So I think when we approach like making a menu, we really want like all that different stuff. Like we'll, we'll have something like savory. We'll have something like that's going to be very like citrus forward or like juicy, you know, uh, my goal on every Death & Co menu is I just want to put something weird. Right. Like, you know, and they, sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. But, uh, but yeah, like I, I just, I love weird stuff. Like I want to make something really weird to put it out there. But, uh, but we definitely just want very like balanced, awesome cocktails, like all, that, where the flavors really shine, I, I would say. Nice. Sorry, how old are you, Raven? <laughs> 28. 28. So you're yeah. still super young. So like... What what do you see for your future? Do you uh, keep on like? Do you want to keep moving on and um, just bartending, or like, are you looking to move into more of a management or ownership side, or like? I, and I'm just saying, I'm asking this because I think I thought for up until I was probably in my mid to late 30s that I was eventually going to go do something else uh, right, besides yeah. working in the service industry, and then but I just yeah. loved I loved to travel, and it was the best way to do it. It was like. Yeah. You can work anywhere and you can make money pretty quickly. And uh, and then just kept going. And the next thing I knew, I was like old and I was like, fuck, I yeah. guess I'm not starting uh, a new career. That's tough. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know. It's like the impending doom is upon me. Yeah. Uh, you, you got know? some time. You got some time. I got some <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah. No, I've been, it's been something I've been thinking about lately too. Is like I approached my 30s. I'm like, I never like really saw myself doing this for like forever, like a long time. I think like it can be really hard on your body. Yeah. So yes. I don't I don't see myself doing it probably past like 40 or like maybe yeah. 35, you know, like b- bartending behind the stick managing. I feel like I could probably do. But yeah, so I, I don't know. I'm not really sure. You know, well, I'm just kind of figuring it out as I go. I think I feel like that Dan would probably agree with me. Is that like one thing we discovered on since we started doing this show is that like the way you can make money off the service industry as a career has expanded like so much. Like we've talked to so many people who now they're just into consulting and they just have a consulting business or they are their authors or they're doing online classes or they are on TV shows. Right. Like it's not like, like when I grew up in the industry, like there was no chance you could be a fucking Instagram bartender. Right. Right. Yeah. Now now that's a full-time job for people. Yeah. And, uh, Lisa Dunn comes on all the time on the show and that's basically what she does now. She has she works sometimes in a bar, but the majority of the money she makes is from being an Instagram bartender. Like that that was never so cool. even a world that I could consider. And then and your body does start to break down. And then you're like, well, so for me it was like, well, I better get into either ownership or or find something fucking else to do. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, for sure. Yeah, definitely, man. Like I I I don't know. I always really like science too. And like, sometimes I like play with the notion of like going back to school, but uh, I also don't want to like rack up student debt. Like, you know, that's like another thing here. But yeah, so it's just like a lot of things that I, that, you know, on my mind that I'm thinking about career wise. Uncle Joe's trying to forgive all that debt for you. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So I better start now then. Yeah. Start now. Yeah. True. Uh, All right. Well, Raven, this was super fun. We really appreciate you coming on and wish you all the best and tell us about, tell our listeners how they can find you on social media or wherever they need to follow you. So I'm on Instagram under Zen Raisin, uh, Z-N Raisin, like a dried grape. Yeah, you can find me on there. Yeah, I just mostly post like nerdy stuff, funny memes. I work out. 
I do CrossFit. So like I post like CrossFit stuff. But yeah. If any of those things interest you, give me a follow. Awesome. Well, thanks yeah. again. We really appreciate you coming on and best of luck. Thank you so much for having me, guys. It was nice yeah. to meet you. Good luck out there in Canada with the cold weather. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we're, all, we're all sorry about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Right on, guys. Yeah, Good thanks night. very much. Thank uh, you, guys. And now for the second part of the episode with the badass bartender, Alyssa Dunn. And now we are joined once again by Elisa, the badass bartender. Thanks for coming on the show again for our little monthly spot here. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah wonderful. Thanks for coming out. Yeah, yeah. What's new? I, I hear you uh, really spiked your followers recently with a video that you posted. So tell us about that. Yeah, I did. So I, it's, it's honestly kind of like, it's good and bad. Um, so the video that went viral, uh, you know, on Instagram got like 11 million hits on TikTok, got a couple million as well. I went up about 50,000 followers in like a month. It was literally just a like 13 second video of me pointing to bottles of tequila. What? So what? So the video, the video just starts with me. Like you just see me and I just point up and it, the text just said, oh, yeah, I saw stop that drinking these tequilas. Yeah. And it was Casa Amigos, you know, Casa Amigos, Don Julio 1942, Casa Azul. Drink these instead. And it like, I didn't say anything. It's just me pointing to pictures of bottles of like which tequilas you should. And 11 million hits and 50,000 brand new followers because of a 13 second video that I didn't even, that all I'm doing is pointing. That's crazy. What do you think? What, what do you think the reasoning behind that is? I think, you know, I, I purposely put the stop drinking and I purposely put those three tequilas. Like it was right. really, it was really me fishing it. Right. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really me trying to educate anyone. I didn't put a reason behind it. I wanted the video to be quick. I think, you know, you have to think of social media. You are, of you are marketing, you're marketing mm-hmm. yourself. So sometimes you have to put those things that are going to, that are going to catch people that maybe aren't as, educational and they're not really putting your whole thing, but you just got to catch them so that they can then follow you and see all your other stuff. That's very educational. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, if you think for sure, it was because I said like the stop, you're drinking these. And I put those three main ones, which are the biggest, you know, uh, tequilas right now on the market in, at least in America. And I didn't put any reason behind it. And I swear at least like, three quarters of the comments are just people going, why, why, why? But it, it pushed it that much forward that, mm-hmm. you know, the more people comment, the more views it's going to get, the more it's going to get pushed out there. So literally just because three quarters, because someone typed why or a question mark, it got to 11 million hits. Right. That's now, now what about tag of the video? What kind of any different tags than you normally use or no, no, nothing, really nothing. Oh. Yeah. You know, it's funny that I saw, um, Somebody posted today on uh, Instagram that like with all the fake Twitter accounts that are happening now, um, somebody did a fake Casamigos. Oh, Twitter we're going to start making real tequila now. I already yeah. posted that. For yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe that's where I saw it. Yeah. yeah. We, we call that our, we call those our bill paying tequilas. You're right. Yeah. Because <laughs> even at my bar, we have an excellent selection of tequilas, but we do have those three main ones. And I always start out when someone's looking for a tequila recommendation, I always start out with like the Don Filano, the Fortaleza, here's the tequila Ocho. And you know, they just glaze over and I go, 
Or we can do the Casamigos. Casamigos, please. Casamigos. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's fine. You're paying my bills. That's fine. That's fine. I know. It's funny. Eh? Like, there's so much name recommendation or, or a recognition for Casamigos. And what's the the new one that The Rock? Um, oh, Terramana. Yeah. Which is that also not very good. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, it's. I think it's a little bit better than the other ones. And he, he is trying to be a little bit more sustainable with mm-hmm. his approach but inevitably you know he still is doing the additives and all of that kind of right. stuff and so yeah, yeah. Yeah, go yeah. so far <laughs> the thing you were mentioning uh when we were talking earlier is about uh, something that's a pet that always been a pet peeve for me is when guests are reaching into your garnishes Ugh. like we yeah we had uh i remember we had one at sugar run and she was like she just she just literally opened up like it was sealed a sealed thing of cherries or some sort of fruit she just opened it up on the bar and started eating it like they were bar snacks and it was like what are you doing here these are not this is these are garnishes like I put these into people's drinks yeah you don't, yeah. You don't have to like it Todd when it was me <laughs> <laughs> you know it's it's something that you know inevitably when you're a bartender you're going to have that happen someone wants to grab an extra line they want to grab a straw they want to grab this they want to grab that and and to a certain extent i think when it's little things maybe not the limes or like any type of food uh, or fruit but uh you know people want to grab and unfortunately our bar the way it's set up we just don't have a place to put our garnishes and stuff like underneath where people can't get them we have our kind of station really kind of in the bar so yeah i was serving this uh lady and her husband she was clearly a little bit intoxicated but nothing too bad and you know, she orders a drink and I go to make her husband drink and I turn around and I notice she had a margarita or something. And all of a sudden I noticed her, her cocktail has, you know, our nice Lanzardo cherries in it. And I was like, <laughs> well, how did those get yeah, there? Yeah, because yeah. I didn't put them in there. Yeah. And so I go to make her husband's drink and I turn around to go check them out. And I can like feel her looking to see if I'm paying attention or not. And I turn around really fast and I tell you, she had her whole hand. There wasn't just like a, and these don't, you know, these cherries don't have stems or anything. So it's not like you can get around. She had her whole knuckle deep and then was scooping them to her mouth. Not even like directly in her, she was scooping them to her mouth. And I stopped everything I do and I walked right up to her and I just go, ma'am, do you think it's a good idea to put your bare hands in my cherries? Because now I have to throw this whole thing out. And you just see the video. I mean, it just couldn't have been more perfect. You just see the video of me like dumping the whole thing into the dump sink in a like fit of rage and me like stomping away. Oh, I I never, like I cannot understand that. Like what, the way people behave at bars is just amazing to me compared to like how they would behave at like a house party or, uh, or like at their own house or if they were just over for a dinner party at a friend's house, like it's just shit you would never do. But when you're for some reason, when you're in a bar, you feel like you can just do anything. Like I've I've had caught people spitting on my floors. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) I think, and this is what I told when I, cause I did get interviewed, um, by uh, Newsweek for mm. they actually found this video because it did go a little bit viral. It's an article about it. What I told them, and and I still feel this, when people come into an establishment, when they are a paying guest, they feel like we've paid. Now we mm. can do whatever we want. We've paid our money. So now it's, we're free. Yeah, we, they, we are owed those cherries if we want those cherries. We are owed this if we want that. You know, it, whether it's stealing glassware. I've had people try to steal my bar tools and, you know, different things like that. I, I don't understand that 
they think that because they they're paying, they get whatever they want. But like it, that's not it, how it works. And we were talking about this last week, I think, on the podcast. But it, it doesn't. It also doesn't seem to carry over to like if they're paying for something somewhere else. Like if they go to the grocery yeah. store, they don't behave that way. We, well, we were talking no. with Kate Gerwin about the birthday thing where people are like, oh, it's my birthday. What do you do for birthdays at the bar? And I would always be like, well, I don't know. What did they do for you at the grocery store today? Did you get like free bread and shit? Or, like, but yeah. Me, like, yeah, it, it never ceases to amaze me. But like, there's something about, I mean, obviously part of it's the alcohol, but like, <laughs> but yeah, there's a sense that of That definitely helps. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. There's just this very like, and it doesn't help that, you know, where I work is a very um, affluent area. So I'm sure that they, they're used to kind of that more of that treatment. So mm-hmm. when they're yeah, coming in. <laughs> I don't know if we've spent a lot of time actually talking about the bar that you work in. So tell our listeners about the bar so they can come see you when they're in. Yes. The yeah. Yeah. So I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. It's uh, technically located in Scottsdale, but Phoenix and Scottsdale are, you know, they're, they're all together. So it's the oldest cocktail lounge in Phoenix. It's called Merck Bar, M-E-R-C, Merck Bar. Um, It's kind of like speakeasy, very, like when you walk in, you you feel like you're almost in like Soho, New York. Um, Their first bar, their first Merck Bar was actually in Soho, New York. And this was kind of their second location. Um, The one in New York has since closed. But yeah, we've been almost... It's almost 30 years they've been open. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with, who was that? We interviewed somebody recently from Phoenix who had just opened their own bar there as well. Well, that Kim, was Kim Hasserud. Yeah. Do you know Kim Hasserud? Yeah. Garden yeah. Bar. I love yeah, yeah. Kim. Yeah. Yeah. Her yeah, place is fabulous. Oh, nice. So there's two bars to check out if you're in the Phoenix area. Also tell Definitely. our listeners one more time on where they can follow you because it sounds like you really are hurting for followers. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at the.badass.bartender. And uh, stay tuned to right here at the Industry Podcast. Uh, Lisa's going to be coming on about monthly to do some of these little segments, but uh, my scheduling is fucked up. So we'll see how, <laughs> but we're trying. We'll we're trying. It out. We're trying. Yeah. Okay. Thanks again, Elise. Always a pleasure. Enjoy your evening. Oh, wait, before I let you go, have you been watching that Drink Master show? I did. Of course. Yeah. I binge watched it as soon as I could. Yeah, I uh, when we were interviewing Kate last week, I had to get her to promise not to tell me how it ended because I was only like halfway through. Oh, it. you haven't so, seen yeah, it. Okay. Yeah, but I have seen it now. So I do know Yeah, but yeah. Okay, great. Well, thanks again, Elisa. Always a pleasure to see you, and we will see you probably in a month. Yes. yes. Bye, guys. Okay. Thank Bye. you. See you.